there is a very specific kind of person that can a make sense of defi uh, and in its entirety uh, and b be interested in it and then uh, you know you probably are uh, uh, one more category uh, characteristics added to those two things which is that you can now do something to and build things in defi so who is this person who is this mythical uh, person and 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 should there be an effort to get more people uh, you know to care about defi and 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 thereby also contribute to it okay so we're back uh with three normies uh, we were we actually frighteningly consistent with this prashant i did not expect us to be like uh, so you know on it but i think that's yeah. more, more to you uh, than me but uh, to everyone who thinks we don't have any other work it's absolutely wrong we are putting over hours i know extra hours in getting this done <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> anyways uh, uh we have a really good guest today uh, with us karan ambani who's the uh, head of the dydx foundation uh, in india uh, it's really good to have you here we've been seeing dydx kind of the uh, at the forefront of defi for many years and it's good to speak to a representative from there uh we have a bunch of questions but uh karan i'll kick this off uh kind of making it about you uh you actually ran uh, uh a defi uh, defi protocol before you got into this so how was that transition like like what got you into web3 what got you to start up in web3 like who in their right minds would do that and then how did that lead to dydx Yeah, for sure. Thanks for inviting me. By the way, guys, uh, it's really a pleasure to be on this podcast. Um, always excited to talk about DeFi, DeFiDX, anything in general, like in the Web three space, right? So my personal journey has been interesting because I got into uh, Web three more not from a choice, but more because I was uh, interacting with a few people who were building in the space or uh, essentially investing in the space. So. uh back in the day this was like 2015 i uh, was working on a machine learning product i was working on a uh, facial recognition product uh, i wanted to start a company there but the idea that i had was not the best one i would say it wasn't uh, something that could like find product market fit very soon a bunch of investors that were i was talking to they said you know what why don't you like this doesn't make any sense one of them said why don't you just join my company i'm leading this uh, investing into this new technology space called blockchain this was in 2016 um almost like spending almost one year in building my own product what i realized is okay fine this is not going anywhere i think what this guy is saying more makes more sense i think let's explore uh, blockchain so he was starting a accelerator and i started uh, as one of the portfolio managers for his company to essentially understand the technology researching into the space and that's how i got into it and i was looking at many different uh layer one products like neo uh eos ethereum all the new products that were coming up ethereum was also new like in 2016 but that was one of the ecosystem that started picking up i got super interested in ethereum uh i joined consensus in 2018 when they started their india operations they were looking at like uh getting into a lot of uh, uh enterprise blockchain sort of use cases and consensus being a big organization in the space that's where i actually got like a lot of exposure in web3 met a bunch of like highly intelligent people and that's what made me feel that okay probably this space is going somewhere there are a lot of uh, like some of the best minds i have come across in this uh, uh, have are actually working in web3 now so that's how i got excited uh, worked with consensus for a couple of years then got um, more excited about like protocol where i started my journey into uh, joined a protocol was leading their global strategy then defi summer came and of course like that was an aha moment for me that this financial technology what the entire blockchain space is started from bitcoin is essentially sort of a financial product for exchanging value i saw thought that okay this domain of finance and this technology of blockchain kind of is where i want to be um started this initiative with a couple of team members called open defi and where i had a privilege to interact with multiple early products like ave balancer dydx they were all part of this consortium that we were forming uh, for defi companies to 
essentially understand the technology, uh, do a bunch of projects to increase liquidity in the space. Also, like understanding risk and uh, safety concerns in uh, DeFi, and also like coming up with new innovations in DeFi. That's where I got like deep into DeFi 2020, 2021. Um, I also got sold on this AppGen thesis. I think this was one of the podcasts that I heard from uh, Balaji early 2021. And he was talking about, okay, you know what? A lot of protocols will have their own chains that would kind of interact with each other. And that's when I decided, okay, you know what? I'll build something uh, on a layer one. That's when I started building my own product. Uh, ran it for about a year. Uh, raise good capital for it as well but of course like with a new ecosystem there were multiple challenges and uh, i came across uh, dydx doing something similar in the space and of course dydx was one of the leading players so i thought maybe the best would be uh, to if i want to contribute the maximum what i can do is join a big organization which is going to put a bigger impact and that's how i got into it and have been uh, like, of course, like learning, building, contributing with different like DeFi ecosystems uh, since I've started. Yeah, that's a very quick and long introduction about me and how I got into it. Just to ask, is the ML part of your cycle going to come back with all this chat GPT stuff that is going on? It keeps on going in the back of the mind for sure. I think there <laughs> are a lot of, like a lot of people are talking about now delegating to AIs, how AIs would participate more in governance. I think there are so many crazy ideas. Okay, I think I skipped one story in between. And if you allow me one more minute, I'll tell you. Uh, why, I joined, <laughs> why I joined Consensus was, this was in IIT Delhi that uh, Joe Lubin, who was the founder of Consensus, he came to give a um, talk on machine-to-machine -machine economy. And this was early 2018 or I think 2017, if I remember correctly. Um, and that was actually very enlightening, like how he said most of the things that we are doing in crypto, most of the things like around this technology is actually not for humans, it's for machines. Because like this, we keep on saying UX is bad in Web3. Maybe that's because it's not meant or to be read by humans. It's meant more to be like implemented by machine. And he was mentioning that how, let's say, like there would be autonomous cars in the future and uh, they would go to a fuel station or a electric station, whatever, to get a refuel. They won't be having an Aadhaar card or a bank account or an identity, right? They would be interacting in some sort of digital manner. And that was another aha moment. So I have had like many aha moments or I don't know if I should give a reference of uh, some epic like... Uh, Okay, maybe not. Uh, but people who have interacted on... Now I like, want to hear the reference. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like, uh, there's this idea about like, Vasudev is coming in your life who give you some sort of gyan or where you should be. And I think I kind of always say that uh, that is how my journey has been in Web3. I love it. I love it. I love that point where you were like, uh, you know, maybe UX is bad because it's not meant for humans. It is meant for machines. It's... Uh, Brilliant. I, I felt like I should say welcome to the matrix right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it makes so much sense. It, it makes so much sense. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll hand it over to Prash. Uh, you know, we uh, put together a few questions for you, which are very DYDX uh, specific, but maybe um, someday we should do the blockchain and, uh, and AI. In and Vasudev. And Vasudev. <laughs> <laughs> It's anyway, fresh over to you. Yeah, thanks, Agu. Um, so, you know, Karan, we can probably just kickstart. Uh, I guess we all know what DYDX is, right? Uh, maybe we can just kickstart with um, what is DYDX? Um, what is like, you know, what have you guys done so far? I mean, you have a solid set of backers. So if you can just give us a bit of background on DYDX. And also, since you mentioned, uh, since we, uh, you know, introduced you as part of foundation, right? So you can probably also just throw some light in terms of DYDX, DYDX foundation, you know, how are they, uh, you know, coming together, etc. Sure, happy to take that up. So, uh, essentially, there, are, as you mentioned, there are two sites. There's DYDX and DYDX Foundation. So, DYDX, if you are not aware of it, it's like a uh, one of the biggest perpetual derivatives uh, trading platform. So, you can uh, imagine it like uh, an exchange you might be using, but it's run in a de decentralized manner. Um, the foundation essentially is there to grow the use and improve the governance of the protocol, right? And uh, if I tell about the journey about DYDX, it has been one of the early companies in DeFi, I would say. It has been building for over five years now. 
It was started by Antonio, who uh, was initially working with Coinbase, and he decided to start this exchange. And it started on Layer One Ethereum as a margin trading platform. Then uh, it moved to the current version, which is built on Layer Two, uh, Starkware, and that essentially like improves the scalability performance of the protocol a lot. And now DYDX as a as a product is moving towards uh, what we are calling DYDX B4, which is an own sovereign chain, uh, which will be built specifically for the purpose of trading. And that's going to be a Cosmos based product. And that's what the, uh, yeah, the entire team is currently focused on, on the tech side. Got it. Um, and, and before we go to the app chain side, right? So um, what, what is the ultimate vision for DYDX? I've heard Antonio saying in the past that it's not just a perp exchange. He wants this to be like the world's largest exchange. So, you know, is there like, a roadmap that you guys are working towards, towards an ultimate vision? Sure. So um, the vision, ultimate vision for DYDX is to democratize access to financial opportunity. So it's not just what we currently have, but all sorts of financial opportunities that we can imagine. And when we say democratize access, what it personally means for me is, in my opinion, is opening these doors for uh, users, for traders, for builders, uh, for whether liquidity providers, institutional investors, uh, to essentially use to build or to contribute on the protocol to make it like a leading uh, digital assets exchange globally, right? So that's the long-term vision. Um, and once that protocol is built, I think there would be ample of different opportunities to make it more composable, how you can interact, you can uh, bring in more products. And this is going to become like an entire ecosystem revolving around uh, the, like the financial domain and digital assets space, right? Got it, got it. And uh, now, now coming to like the switch to, uh, you know, app chain, right? So um, to me, like when I started looking at DYDX a couple of years ago, um, it was not just about the exchange. It was also to an extent a poster child for, uh, you know, uh, a successful application in the roll up the system of Ethereum, right? Um, especially for st Starkware slash StockX. So um, what was the thesis? And you guys were doing pretty well over there. Um, considering the climate, et cetera, and you launched the token while still uh, at, as a layer two. Um, so what was the thesis behind uh, moving from, you know, Starkware to um, an app chain in Cosmos and, you know, just any uh, thought process uh, and how that links to your long-term vision that you can share will be, I guess, super helpful. So just, just an interesting story here, right? Like I was sitting, we were in New York when the announcement happened and we were sitting with one of the guys who worked at the Cosmos Foundation. And he kept saying, like, there's a big thing coming out tomorrow. There's a big thing coming out tomorrow. And we were doing this at the Polygon house uh, in New York, right? So when the news came out, he was like, this is it. And then you should have seen, like, it was just such a surprising thing that you would kind of go to something uh, as perceivably chaotic as, uh, as Cosmos, as opposed to going through something that's a lot more structured, uh, in in the case of say Polygon or uh, or any one of these other chains, so uh, I want to hear you know uh, on top of what Prashant just shared, also the you know the the reasoning behind that and also how it would have looked like if you did go in in uh, uh, go with a uh, with a more uh, more structured player like uh, like a Polygon or like a Avalanche or something like that. Sure, and uh, again I'll be talking on behalf of the. Uh, product team and I have also recently joined the found foundation about uh, nine months ago some of these things have been under development since uh, long before I joined but from what I like I've gathered from like interacting with different members in the team and also uh, listening to some of the podcasts and interviews by Antonio himself DYDX has like always been one which has taken bold choices since the very start right it moved to layer two even before a lot of people were talking about it. This was early 2021. They figured out, okay, StockNet was uh, one of the biggest or most successful technology at that point and uh, decided to build a product on top. And as you mentioned, I think it's still a very high performing uh, product. We have uh, over like a billion dollars of transactions that happen every day. So uh, coming back to the point, it has always like, picked up what is the new what is the new thing that is happening how the product can be improved 10x 100x from uh, where it is currently is right so uh, most of the decisions were uh, at the end of the day uh, driven by 
building the best tech and the best product and not dydx when they say like it's abandoning layer 2 when everyone is like super hyped about it is um, also to like build this chain of its own that would give it more uh, like control and power to the core contributors to the users to the team to essentially uh, go back to the core concept of sovereignty that when we talk about uh, web3 right and it unlocks like building many new products on top and also a like a decentralized order book uh, which is off chain and it exists in this uh, network of validator which essentially would allow like zero gas pay gas to be paid uh, to the network i think that would open up a lot of opportunity for uh, creating uh, like a base layer infrastructure i would say a uh, long term infrastructure which would again like make it a highly scalable solution so i'm all like sold on this app chain idea even before dydx decided i was building on a cosmos chain so uh, i think it's a strong move and as far as the progress has been going it seems like a uh, there's a lot of interest of cosmos cosmos ecosystem from most of our like institutional players most of our investors most of our users as well to see like what the end, end result is going to be right so yeah super excited about like looking at it what the what's the roadmap for you guys when when is the app chain going to be live is it q4 this year before that so as okay. for the latest developments yeah testnet is going to be launched very soon in a couple of months and uh, nice yeah and the mainnet before like around q3 or uh, early q4 and um, once the app chain is live right so um, you will have the dydx perps exchange as it exists anyways but will but because it's now a, a chain of its own um will you guys be like um encouraging a lot of teams to come and build on top of the chain as well and you know add a lot more synergy to uh, the overall dydx chain in cosmos is that like how you guys are seeing that someone comes and builds an options protocol someone comes and builds etc like you know is, is it going to be like a financial hub as a chain overall i would share some of my opinion there are some of these things are not defined yet and also it would be driven by a lot of community activity how like the community wants to take it forward but probably like what the trading team or the current team that is building the exchange would be looking at is at least providing what the current product is so yes perpetuals would be available but there would be an optionality of like building other things on top how soon that is available understanding cosmos is a very complex technology in itself you need to enable a lot of things like ibc cosmosm to like bring in liquidity to start building things on top it will gradually and slowly come that's what i imagine this to be uh, but yeah still like i i don't want to like speculate on what exactly would be available it's going to be taken up in a few months by the community got it um since you touched on liquid right so the rest one few rationals of moving to your own uh, um, app chain is you have a much better control over gas fees you have a lot more control on uh, block space demand as well that you can you know have all for your own um, etc right but um you have ample liquidity as an l2 today most of your user base is there um so do you guys worry about how to bridge that user base and also the liquidity across to a completely new uh, uh, you know a uh, chain yeah sure so uh, dydx has always been a product first company so they have this tunnel vision of giving the best product experience and liquidity is one of the essential elements when it comes to giving the best product experience right so from what i understand um uh, and i mentioned it already that the team would try to provide a very close experience to uh, what the current product is and uh, dydx being the leader in the space for uh, especially like derivatives perpetuals and uh, trading in general i think there's already a lot of interest by uh, liquidity providers by institutional investors market makers to support this new product vision and liquidity should not be a challenge uh, once once the product is ready right because um, because there are market makers institutional traders who are already uh, out there who are already like interacting with the chain they are super excited to uh, move to the new product and uh, giving the second thing of like very recognizable ux to the users we can expect a lot of current users and a new users to join the ecosystem as well and once the network is more robust and it is connected by more and more bridges across like different ecosystem different chains uh through through cosmos through uh like of course ethereum layer 1 as well i think liquidity should start trickling in and i think we'll see a very similar sort of uh, end user experience at the launch of the mainnet yeah 
Yeah, that's actually interesting, right? I mean, coming from financial services my, myself, like users uh, typically gravitate to the place which has the best experience, but more importantly, where the uh, spreads are the tightest, right? As long as you're able to enable that with your liquidity providers, I guess the users, the traders will find their way to uh, where this is being provided. Uh, fair enough. Um, do, do you anticipate at any point, again, you know, this may not have been like thought just yet because like you said, you're focused on one thing, uh, but do you anticipate going like, Cross chain as well. Once you're an app chain as well, like still stay, go, come back to layer two, go to Avalanche, etc. Or, or do you guys think you'll be much more focused on just being like an app chain and build liquidity around that? Honestly, there, I have no insights on that whether like that's the idea or not. Uh, again, that could be driven by the community. Community can decide how that's supposed to be built. But I believe like after the app chain is launched, it will essentially provide everything that you need for a multi-chain sort of interaction. I think it would be more uh, cross-chain than multi-chain, but I I don't I, I don't assume right. that there would be a, there would be a product available on other networks as well. That's the approach I think what Uniswap is taking, like being available on multiple networks. Maybe that's one way to look at it. Uh, I think DYDX would have a different strategy as far as I understand. Just a, a question on the India side of things, Karan. Uh, what how does how does a DeFi protocol or any DeFi protocol for that matter? Uh, look at India. Is it that um, you know strong traditional markets, uh, or is it more from a hey dev talent? Uh, you know maybe we should build a contributor base uh, from here. Um, I'm interested to kind of look at that DeFi and India intersection, uh, and uh, you know where does say in your case with DeFi, where does that or what does that look like for you? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. India is unique in terms of many different things right india has majority young population and most of the population is digital savvy and uh, has access to cheap high-speed internet also uh, india is one of the countries with the biggest digital assets holding as far as like uh, many reports go and maximum number of people who hold digital assets and also it has some of the best minds to uh, build in the space and that's because of our strong bias towards uh, putting our kids in sciences, right? So engineering and other fields for uh, development. So I think all of those elements combined makes it a perfect country for any new technology that is has as a foundation of all these elements, right? It requires good understanding of uh, how technology works. It requires some fair understanding of financial ecosystems work. It requires a good understanding of like how to interact, use different tools, and uh, applications, which India is already like enabling through many other ways. So I think it provides the perfect bedrock, I would say for DeFi. And uh, it will continue to play like a massive role in DeFi DX journey as well. So since the start, since the product uh, to the DAO, to now like a fully decentralized open source platform that DeFi DX is building, I think it's going to play a very crucial role. And uh, I keep on saying this, who understands the aspect of community-led governance or uh, democratic decision-making than the largest democracy in the world, right? So I think India is having all the right things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good case for the decentralization story, but DeFi as such, right? Like when, and, and, and this is, I, I love hearing this every time somebody says, shows an Indian, uh, you know, how you can do, uh, maybe not the self-custody bit, but how payments happen uh, on, uh, on Web3 and they're like, I already have UPI what's the, right yeah uh, and then uh and then when uh and also i i'd say that you know retail facing uh financial systems in india are actually quite good uh as compared to the rest of the world uh and uh from an uh, so the question was is it more of an institution-led story for dydx in india or is it more like a uh, hey, you know, extremely rich uh, dev talent, which you, I think kind of touched upon while you were answering it. Uh, you know, this is a very educated, uh, you know, population with respect to using tools and uh, and things like that. But uh, interested to kind of also touch upon, you know, the traditional market side. Uh, you know, who's to say is there a is there a HDFC uh, or one of these larger banks or one of these larger brokerage houses? Uh, probably looking at uh, technologies like DYDX with interest. Yeah, I think there are multiple angles to this story when you ask me this story. And I 
can again like answer based on how things currently are if i talk too much about how the future is going to be i'll be speculating and i'll be like yeah, predicting yeah. Ra- predicting rather than forecasting because this is a very new space right we haven't seen something like this uh, like a paradigm shift in tech in finance uh, to take from example okay this has how things have evolved this is how it would evolve there are multiple sides to it there is of course like regulatory clarity more and more institutes want to get into it but are they ready to uh, get into it because of of course all the compliance things that are required on their front uh, we have seen some european institutions already like participating in governance applying for multi million dollar grants to suggest some idea market make right uh, in, are the indian institutes ready there that's that's an open question is retail versus uh, institute one of the other question that you asked india is a big market for retail we all understand that we all understand that uh, uh, people want to get involved in the latest thing they want to improve their lifestyle they want to like uh, not just like be there for financial returns but also want to make sure that they are uh, ready for this new uh, new field field for their career development or skill development or other things right so that's another way to look at it so it's a multifaceted question that you ask me and there could be like an entire session we can do around it but to to give a quick answer to that would be i think we need to understand what are the what are the things that defi provides us whether that's efficiency whether that's uh transparency rather than like the conventional opaque traditional financial systems uh what what are the different elements of defi that we can see and how do like institutions look or would start looking at it in the future so there was an interesting uh, tweet by someone recently which compared defi to aws so they said that once there would be like an infrastructure or uh there would be an availability of liquidity and different composable tools to build things there would be a world where financial institutes or anyone who's building a new financial product that whether that's a money market or uh, any yield product would try to use these rather than like building things from scratch building their own systems right it's, it's just like a global network available with the right sort of tools the right sort of liquidity the user base the uh, whatever you require for building a new product and why why or what would stop institutions from build, using something like this how far this is going to be in the future that's hard to say depends on a lot of factors but that's how i imagine it to be at the end of the day got it um, i mean yeah. it, this is always of interest to uh, to our audience as well like we, we don't know where this is going so getting us you know also hearing that this is just as hazy for the guys working in within the thick of the thick of things kind of gives you some some food for thought as to how early we are uh, and i don't know how many more years we're going to keep saying how early we are but that that's how it is i guess like that's that's the nature of the beast i guess yeah i know um in india like you touched upon upi right raghu even financial markets uh, the settlement that happens on equities today is now t plus 1 right so uh, which is one of the fastest in the world so um, it i mean it, it it's pretty good from that standpoint right so we can still bring a lot of efficiency through defi because it's almost near instant settlement over there but you know um, the t plus 1 is also done because uh, traders uh, don't need to deliver uh, stock etc on it on a intraday basis right so they have a lot more capital efficiency so mm-hmm. it's it's more efficiency in terms of settlement versus less efficiency in terms of capital right so how do we bridge for that um, i'm sure defi is or the technology underpinning defi is going to be the next layer of improvement for financial architecture uh, we can i think bring someone from tradfi as well to you know um, uh, discuss this in a lot more detail but yeah um, i can already just... predict how that's going to go why do i need this i have everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually actually that's a interesting way to look at it so prashant and also raghu what you mentioned is you talked about like the end user story about okay how does the transaction go through okay it goes through in a efficient manner but we need to understand the underlying all the institutions that are involved how a particular asset gets listed there are so many different process steps that we don't see as like on the surface right if you talk about efficiency it's not just going to be efficiency in terms of the transaction speed or something it's going to be the entire end to end process so i'll give you an interesting example i was actually working with the land registry department back in the day when i was working with uh, consensus and uh, there was this idea of course like it is already 
there are multiple companies working on it and it has uh, it's one of the key ideas that we keep discussing like land registry on blockchain or transfer of the, the ownership of land on blockchain right so we were doing this uh, with one of the government state governments and the process that we were trying to improve through blockchain was 110 years old and it is still the current process do you think and they had like so many different steps in between and that that's just conventional for any uh, any like serious public process right there are witnesses there are like different steps that you need to ensure trust i'm pretty sure even like conventional web2 technologies or just like digital technologies can improve it at least like make it like 2x faster with blockchain with uh, digital assets i think we can make it 10x faster and if you go back to the idea back in 2015 2016 when we were more focused on just like tech companies we used to talk about this uh, 10x improvement right like i i believe kunal shah or uh, one of the early indian founders used to talk about like if you can deliver a product that is 10x better that's it like it is going to replace sooner or later nothing else will come in between on that that idea right so i think that's how we should be looking at this yeah i think yeah. The, the words were delta 4 uh back in the exactly day. exactly <laughs> yeah the product has to at least be four times better to create change uh in behavior uh yeah. karan uh, i have a meta question okay uh, and uh, this this is it yeah this this may be uh, a little odd but who is the kind of person that can make sense of defi and uh, also be interested in it because i i know that like now there is a narrative that's going around that web3 is not defi defi is its own thing right and it is uh, you know don't don't mingle the two things uh, so there i think uh, the biggest proponent of this is hamza from uh, polygon where he talks about the two uh, he's the head of defi there and he's like these two are not the same thing defi is its own vertical and and it goes there and and you can very clearly in crypto gatherings see the defi people just kind of go away separately and a not include the rest of us there and b also the rest of us probably are going to be lost in that conversation as well because and and what i'm noticing is that there is a very specific kind of person that can a make sense of defi uh, and in its entirety uh, and b be interested in it and then uh, you know you probably are Uh, uh one more category uh, characteristics added to those two things which is that you can now do something to and build things in defi so who is this person who is this mythical uh, person and 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 should there be an effort to get more people uh, you know to care about defi and 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 thereby also contribute to it so i always believe that everything in web3 is defi and now that you put it in that way it makes me feel we should define a new term defi file so why i say like everything was de- what everything is defi because bitcoin is defi decentralized finance right? uh Met- metaverse why are we building metaverse or why are we building gamify things gamify because we want to like have asset ownership on whatever like those small small game components are or metaverse because we want to transact with other people is in transaction or ownership kind of element of finance as well nfts at the end of the day okay they give us like some cloud for like putting our like whatever a picture but also it gives us a cloud because it has good value or some there is some element of finance uh, value or uh, speculation there in nft spaces then right so i think i agree from both the sides to be honest like everything is defi and defi is separate i think both have very valid arguments there could be people in both the like looking at from both the angles and that's totally fine because i think i think i gave a good rational for why everything is defined you can you can no no that's like have, the, have your own opinion about that second thing is like if if i talk from like defi is totally separate i think that's also true because uh when i believe a lot of us started in the space around 2016 2017 you could understand what is happening like web3 was something like a small thing you can understand okay there's this product being built by one company which is in real estate this product being built in nfts there was crypto uh, crypto punks or whatever like there were like n number of products and n was countable and you can say okay there's a protocol being built uh, for this particular thing there's nosis safe being built safe it was just like nosis nosis being built for this particular thing 
you can name things and everything was kind of under crypto umbrella now now it's just hard to keep track i i personally if i've been in defi for last let's say 3 years 2 years i don't know what is happening on the uh, nft front or when you ask me a meta question on the metaverse metaverse front i i just don't know i can't keep keep up with it and uh, if i talk to people let's say somebody is launching a co-op of a particular thing and they are saying okay you know that there's a actually i was talking to somebody today and they told me there's a marketplace for co-ops if you are attending a particular event you get this nft and people are selling that nft for 5 dollars and i didn't i never heard about that marketplace and even like uh, some of the functional areas like for example managing a dao there are like hundreds of companies that are like launching tools for uh, competing against commonwealth discord discourse like everything there are competitors to it for managing grants it is a huge space so then i would say okay defi is something separate because i want to be sane and i'll say that okay i'll just focus on this thing <laughs> no it, it, that 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 is actually a very astute uh, observation right like i think um, i've always looked at public ledgers as a way of decentralizing and unbundling power derived from money right uh, i think there are many kinds of power but then where which our one has to do with directly the usage of financials uh, a distributed uh, you know a distributed and decentralized tech uh, kind of uh, adds to it kind of says okay who owns it who governs it right like those two questions who owns the money who who governs the money uh, uh, for that entire entity is kind of uh, answered there well and so all the examples that you kind of spoke about these are things that the regular layman understands that i pay something i get something i send one money from place a to place b even up to i'd say lending protocols it still makes sense because this is something that everybody will interact with it starts to get hazy when it says when it gets into perpetuals when it gets into options when it gets into uh, you know these complex financial products that we want to also be able to build uh build it in web3 and and quite honestly maybe when you look at volumes of all of these uh you know uh, options protocols that are there uh, uh out there it will very clearly say it will very clearly show you a dramatic decline in in usage and that is because the common person doesn't want to you doesn't know how to use it so i feel like most <laughs> of the defi conversations are in the in those murky areas and uh, you know it it, it really It, it's a, it's a, it's something that all of us need to get uh, educated upon. Prash, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, this is the difference between a banker and and. A yeah, yeah. So, so my two cents <laughs> here, right? And uh, I've been pretty vocal about this as well. Um, swapping assets, lending and borrowing, uh, even perps is more of a crypto primitive. So I would include it within that bracket of something that is uh, a, a lot more easily understood. Outside of this, everything is you know uh, being. thought of as like hey this is being done in tradfi this is a trillion dollar market so you know it there's a space for this in defi right what we fundamentally miss is that in tradfi this uh, is being done by institutions and this is being done by extreme subject matter experts and the ecosystem is pretty huge people use options to uh, you know as as a point of leverage but a lot of people also use that to hedge their existing spot exposures right um, because the spot exposure is their daily course of business when you come to defi it's almost entirely retail based today right and even the institutions we have here are um, mostly institutions who are crypto native right so the market for uh, complex things like options even frankly insurance and uh, you know um, even more complex things beyond that uh, does not ha- uh, have a market as such just yet in terms of like the type of people who have used it in tradfi right which is why we see adoption to be uh, fairly limited uh but everything under that like perps lending borrowing and swapping i think has like uh, as has like a significant uh, market yeah thanks for that man like i think that probably needs to be uh, put out there uh, a lot more and maybe yeah. more about about ourselves and <laughs> we have a guest on the show as well <laughs> yeah um yeah so so i mean in interest of time can just like a couple of no no that was that was great man uh i think that was quite necessary uh, in terms of you know um doing 1.2 and 2.0 in a way um so so current like um, you know we touched upon community you are uh, heading the foundation in india um w- would love to understand if you can share any insights on you know um the dao that uh, is dydx uh, you know and um, how how it functions 
and also uh, any insights you can share in terms of once the app chain is launched um, how, how the token that is there that is dydx today will operate in that uh, you know uh, new world sure uh, i i can't comment too much on the token side of things and most of the things are anyways not defined yet uh, but for any of the listeners who are interested to like talk about or just get a good sense of what are uh, some of the new things that have been discussed they can check out the forum on our uh, commonwealth and there are a couple of discussions being happening on that front uh, in terms of the dao i believe there and again this is going to be it's going to be a very open sort of system where things are going to right now there might be some elements that are uh, being initiated or being led by the like the initial team that was set up because uh, just in the in the way things like evolve in web3 is more like a progressive sort of decentralized way which is always effective essentially like building something quickly shipping it out getting like a good a uh, brand around it user base around it and then slowly and progressively decentralizing it and giving like uh, the users community members more ownership so that's how like i think dydx has has like led its journey as well uh when it comes to the dao um, there was a recent post that the foundation put out in terms of how we would like to see this evolving and it's going to be somewhat of a, a stub dao sort of a structure uh, where there would be like different functional areas that would be led by different sub dao so recently there was a proposal in the ecosystem by uh, a community team which uh, proposed to lead a ops dao which would be focusing on all all things operation on the dao side uh, they got uh, approval from the uh, token holders and essentially they have started working on this op operational dao already they have put it together like processes how they would like to structure the legalities the uh, uh the financial side of things for running the dao then we already have something called as like the dydx grants which is essentially you can imagine it like a sub dao in itself it's a community led initiative again and there are people uh who, whoever applies for a grant they are essentially being selected from the uh, grants committee and uh, they also operate in a very dao sort of structure they apply for a Uh, funding from the treasury and then they operate their things right so there's the second um, sub dao and there could be many other things like there could be marketing sub dao there could be affiliate sub dao there could be like some other like uh, centralized processing like uh, who would be an affiliate or who would be a person an influencer wants to promote how much percentage is paid of revenue share all those things can be defined by let's say sub dao on influencers or marketing and there could be many other things that could be like led through sub dao and that's how the structure is probably going to be on the dao side no i quite like it and you know sub daos is i think um, a good good way of going about it because again when it comes to daos i've always believed that everyone voting on everything doesn't really make sense if you have more subject matter experts who are like looking at specific verticals or sectors it makes more sense right um, um yeah um i think we discussed this in a bit in the dao panel that we were on together as well so uh, you know uh, that was quite refreshing to hear from you um final thing uh, from my side right so um there's a lot of competition in the perps area as well right now i look at this as you have your centralized exchanges from bitmex to binance etc then you have uh, of course uh, dydx and the likes which in which i would put in like gmx right as like the one that has been uh, all the rage in 2022 um and then of course there is a third one which is like you know the say network which is coming up with its own defi specific uh, layer one right um how do you guys uh, think of competition are you guys like single minded in terms of you know this is what our vision is this is how we want to go about it or uh, you know um you think that there are certain aspects of this competition that you need to be extremely aware of and uh, you know um take certain points from sure so i believe by like this time in the conversation you must have got like i'm a strong proponent of defi so uh, just quickly talk about centralized solutions of course they they uh they work fine till a point right they provide you the speed the convenience that you need uh but that again needs to come with sort of guardrails for strong accountability of centralized exchanges of regulations around them because uh, after all it depends on some trusted entity or a central party or a set of individuals which make all the decisions right so we don't need to talk too much about uh, centralized exchanges because uh, we have seen time and again what the issues are and we don't even need to go back to the issues where just like 
couple of months what happened with uh, FTX since then, all the centralized, whether that's like lending and borrowing player. And even before that, uh, in India, we saw what happened with uh, one of the major uh, centralized, again, lending platforms. So we don't need to highlight issues too much. So again, like whatever they provide, we of course look at that from a user uh, experience viewpoint. And uh, since like, of course, the things that happened in November last year, there has been a lot of uh, traders or people who are like current, who are currently who are trading on centralized exchanges moving to decentralized solution. We saw an uptick in uh, volumes across DeFi solutions. Even DYDX had uh, got like many pro traders coming from decentralized exchanges, and uh, we are continuously interacting with them. We have talked to hundreds of them to understand like what are the things that we are missing, how we can improve the product. And when I say we, it's more like the product team. We as a foundation, we. Uh, help facilitate some of those discussions as well. So yes, there are things to be learned, but at the end of the day, there are many issues with centralized exchanges. Uh, when it comes to, again, DeFi or decentralized exchanges, I think there are many new innovations that are there out there. And as a product, as anyone like who is building in the space, we have to always uh, keep a tab of what is happening, right? And I strongly believe in the ethos, and I believe like most of the people in the uh, team believe in the ethos of decentralization and they are looking at what other uh, products are doing. So for example, like simple example of AMMs, not talking about perpetual exchanges, but AMMs as an idea uh, for sports trading is simply brilliant, like the, the simplicity of the mechanism and how it's com completely running through a contract with a bunch of LPs and uh, traders. I think that's something to learn from something. Uh, if we just like keep focusing on centralized solutions, we will not get to know. So uh, that's there. And, and when you talk about other competitors, for example, uh, uh, GMX, you mentioned about GMX or GAINS, all the new networks that are coming up. Um, it is definitely interesting to see like what are the innovations that they are working on, how they are like growing the liquidity and users in the ecosystem, and also uh, giving credit where credit is due, right? So we have to look, look at these solutions. But what we also need to look at is, uh, how sustainable some of that growth is, whether that's like just Arbitrum airdrop seekers that are coming to these solutions or uh, are these new mechanisms, for example, GLP, uh, uh, the GMX, like the, the, the engine that it works on, the mechanism that it works on, uh, how would that phase an event like, let's say Black Thursday that happened in uh, March last year once the liquidity or like the value of some of the assets drop significantly. So, we have to take a balanced view. We have to look at the innovations. We have to look at the uh, downsides of some of these solutions as well. And of course, like um, DYDX being the biggest exchange in the derivatives state by far by volumes. I think uh, we provide a lot of trust and uh, liquidity for pro traders and uh, what makes the best, I would say, in, the, uh, in this space. Wonderful. Um, Raghu, over to you, if you had any, uh, anything else. Yeah. Last, just last question from my end, right? Like, um, what is DYDX looking, uh, what are some of the startup facing initiatives that, uh, DYDX has, uh, towards, uh, within the Indian ecosystem? Because I think, you know, I don't think that India in general has made great DeFi products, but the ones that it has made has have been very, very influential, right? Like for example, an Instadap uh, for that matter. And I think that there are at least now, especially the new crop of people who are coming in uh, seem to be very uh, aware of gaps in, in financial systems and markets that can be solved by Web3. So interested to know, uh, you know, what DYDX is doing, uh, you know, to help them uh, in, the, uh, in, the coming, in the coming months. I think the immediate uh, goal is uh, more centric towards building a strong community and rest of the things come along with it. Once you have a strong community who believes in your vision, who understands your technology and they start contributing, building things on top. So uh, when I talk about community, I think that's uh, one of the primary focuses for us at the foundation. So uh, when I talk about community, people who know what DYDX is, who understand the protocol and use the protocol or uh, and or, or the people who are like learned enough to understand different aspects of DeFi that you were saying, or uh, who understand self-custody and how different technologies interact with each other. And also like community members who kind of uh, 
help each other to navigate or uh, support each other in essentially like using some of the technologies or navigating in this uh, labyrinth of uh, technology space that we work in, right? So that's the primary focus, bringing these sort of people, uh, developing them, supporting them. Even on the Cosmos side, I think um, now that DYDX is moving towards Cosmos, there's a lot of interest from the Cosmos ecosystem, Cosmos projects to essentially work with us or try to understand what we are doing. And that's one of the areas that we are uh, wanting to grow in India. That's also because Cosmos is a very small community as far as we have understood in India. And until and unless we develop the ecosystem, we support the ecosystem, uh, there would be like very limited things that people would be able to contribute. So I think that's the strategy or that's the idea how we are going to expand in India. And also once the protocol launches, I think the community that we develop, the Cosmos ecosystem that we build is essentially going to be uh, helping us like build more and more interesting tools and techniques on top. I think you're on mute. Sorry. Yeah, I was just before we sign up, I was saying, speaking of the Cosmos ecosystem, I was at a Cosmos meetup recently, and that never happens <laughs> in Bangalore. Uh, but, uh, you know, all said and done, the quality of people who show up at these places is like really, really good. Uh, yeah. I like to call that crowd as decentralization maxis <laughs> who are around there. Uh, and it's a great time always. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it was really good having you here. Karan kind of gave us an eye into you know what uh, gave us some insight into how DYDX is getting. Then also got to know a little, got to know a few interesting things about you. Uh, maybe at some point uh, we should probably get you back on the podcast to talk about machine to machine econ economies. And hopefully by then, uh, you know, either within DYDX or on your own, you're probably doing something uh, cool in that space. So. Uh, looking forward to what uh, what's happening next and uh, thank you thank you so much for taking time with us thank you guys i think this was amazing i i got a chance to interact at a very personal level as well i shared some of the insights i think some of the uh, things i haven't like talked too much before but uh, definitely would be happy to uh, come on board next time and uh, wish you all the best with the podcast that you're doing and if there's anything uh, from our end we'll be happy to support building the community Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks for your time, Karan. And a pleasure as always, Raghu.